Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic today. It is June 28th, 2017. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the expert and site editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. We are quickly hurtling toward the end of the month and the beginning of a new NBA season. I, I, you know, we all like to say the NBA season begins anew with the draft or with the end of the finals, but the NBA calendar actually flips over July 1st. That's when we flip over all the contracts, the new salary cap takes into effect, all trades that are being that were made at the draft have to be made under the 2017 cap, the 2018 cap t- takes hold July 1st and then more officially after the moratorium on July 6th. So we're nearing the end of the NBA NBA calendar year. Uh, so that that's exciting at least. And of course, that also means the beginning of Summer League, which starts Saturday in Orlando as the Orlando Magic will play there. I'll have some Summer League news and notes there as well as we'll continue talking about free agency and I'll chat a little bit about a recent uh, podcast appearance that Alfred Payton made with our pal Alex Kennedy over at Hoopsite. But let's actually start with that little bit of news about Summer League. The Orlando Magic announced their Summer League roster on Tuesday. It's got the names you expect. Uh, you get Jonathan Isaac, will play in Summer League for the Magic this year, as will Wesley Owundu. So too will Steven Zimmerman, Marcus Georges Hunt, and Patricio Garino. Those were the five that everyone expected. And honestly, you know, you got to throw a point guard in there somewhere. But So someone's coming off the bench. But that's essentially your summer league starting five between Awundu, uh, Garino, Georges Hunt, Isaac, and Zimmerman. Probably we'll see a point guard. Um, and one of those players will go to the bench uh, at least to start off with. I mean, summer league rotations are so fluid, it's who cares. But that's going to be essentially your your key players to watch at summer league. And we'll have a few other guys to take a look at here in a moment, but those are your main guys. Obviously, Isaac, the first-round pick, the sixth overall pick in the draft, the guy every Magic fan wants to see. I suspect that, you know, Isaac said in his draft media availabilities that he didn't really get to show what he could do when he was on the ball. Jonathan Isaac is the best player on this Summer League team. I, I can say that unequivocally. Jonathan Isaac is the best player on this Summer League roster. I expect that he will get the ball in his hands a lot, and he will have the green light to shoot. It'll probably be the first time in a year he's had the green light to shoot. And so while you know you shy away from saying Summer League is super important, I do think we will learn a lot about Jonathan Isaac during the Summer League. I like to say with Summer League... It, it you go into summer league you don't learn who can play you learn who can't i think we will see whether jonathan isaac can can not only can he play but we'll see exactly where his skills are at um it's going to be a big showcasing week for jonathan isaac and i think for the other guys as well lots of interesting players in there too um the most interesting name to me though is a guy who might end up starting at point guard for the summer league team and that is 52nd overall pick of the 2015 NBA Draft, 
Tyler Harvey. He played last year for Fiat Torino. Um, did okay. Um, and, and by okay, I mean okay. Really struggled last year in Summer League. He had an up-and-down year with the Erie Bayhawks. He had one really, really good game, but overall, uh, really just trying to find his way in the NBA. He's not quite a point guard, but he's not quite a shooting guard either. His three-point shot has really struggled to, to keep up to the NBA line. Really struggled at Summer League, like I said, last year. Uh, and then um, and then ended up uh, going over to Italy last year. Averaged about 10 points per game. Shooting was up and down as well. Magic obviously had a second-round pick invested in him. It, it, they haven't used his rights yet, so if he ever wants to play in the NBA, he has to go through the Magic first. They're going to give him another look at Summer League. Kind of surprised to see him play Summer League this year. Uh, but good good on the Magic for giving him another shot. Uh, we'll see if Harvey Harvey's gotten any better. Uh, that's definitely a player that I'm interested in looking in because he's a, he's a drop pick. He's got a tie to the Magic. But there are certainly some other players that are going to be really interesting to watch too. Uh, like I said, the point guard position is kind of up for grabs on the Summer League team. So if there is a, if there is a position where someone wants to show what they can do, maybe get that third point guard spot on the Magic's roster, assuming they cut C.J. Watson, there's definitely some. There's definitely going to be a competition there. And that competition is going to be between two old rivals. Kalen Lucas, former Michigan State point guard, uh, played for the Erie Bayhawks last year, averaged 18.5 points per game, 5.1 assists per game, showed great improvement on his three-point shot, 40.4% from beyond the arc. Should have a familiarity with what the Magic are trying to run. He's a player I would be looking at. I would also be looking at Michigan rookie Derek Walton Jr. Uh, played for the Michigan Wolverines last year, 15.5 points per game, 42.2% from beyond the arc. Um, really interesting player. Ha- had a really, really strong career at Michigan. A um, couple other players maybe to keep an eye on. Erie Bayhawks center Siobhan Thompson, 7-foot center. Uh, interesting player as well. Um, Steven Jankovic uh, also played for the Erie Bayhawks. Was a power forward there, 13.6 points per game. 6.4 rebounds per game. And another player that I would have my eyes on is 6'7 forward Hassan Martin. Played for Rhode Island last year. He's an undersized power forward. 13.6 points per game, but 2.3 blocks per game at the college level. This guy should have good defensive instincts, should have good length if, if that's the numbers that he's bringing in. And that's a guy that I kind of keep an eye on in summer league. I don't know if he makes a roster. I, the size is an issue at 6'7". Got to show that he can make threes, which he didn't in college. But interesting guy maybe to keep an eye on for Lakeland, for the G League. See what he can do. He seems like a player that you just kind of throw in and he mixes things up. So uh, definitely uh, definitely uh, uh, an interesting roster. I think the focus is obviously on the main guys. Wundu, Isaac, Georges Hunt, Garino, Zimmerman. But definitely keep an eye on some of these other players, especially Harvey. Lucas, Walton, and I would even say Martin. I would keep an eye on him as well. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. So let's turn back now to free agency, and we have a rumor. We actually have 
uh, a reported rumor involving the Orlando Magic. It's nice, isn't it? We, we actually get a clue to what the Magic are doing because by all accounts, from talking to other reporters, from, from even trying to talk to, to people that I know with the Magic, it has gone deathly quiet. It's been deathly quiet for the Magic since Jeff Weltman took over. Very little clues trickling out about what the Magic are thinking and what they are doing. But we did get a clue on Tuesday. According to Chris Haynes of ESPN.com, the Orlando Magic are anticipated, to be, are anticipated to be one of seven teams to try and pry Andre Iguodala from the Golden State Warriors. There's been some mixed reporting on Iguodala and his availability. Uh, on one hand, uh, it does sound like the Warriors are ready to, or that 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 there's there's some reporting that Iguodala and the Warriors had agreed to a contract and and things were were set and and on the right track. Um, on the other hand, there was Iguodala's made it clear that he's going to listen to other offers, and it's not clear exactly what Golden State's going to have to do to to keep him. They have his bird right, so they can go over the cap. It does sound like Kevin Durant is going to take less money in his free agency to help the Warriors retain Iguodala, even though they can go over the cap to sign him. Um, and so, it's 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 going to be interesting to see how this plays out because Iguodala has probably sacrificed more than any player on the Warriors to be a part of this championship team. When he left, when he was with the Philadelphia 76ers in 2012, he was an NBA All-Star. He was a primary option. He was an efficient guy. Scoring a lot of points with less than a 20% usage rate. He was, uh, you know, always been kind of an equal teammate. He was probably the best among equals, but he was a facilitator. He didn't demand the ball a lot. I mean, Magic fans remember his series in the 2009 first round. Hit that game-winning shot in Game 1. Was a huge impetus for the, for the Sixers taking a 2-1 series lead over a team that eventually went to the Finals. He's obviously gotten a little bit older. He's in his 30s now. So his skills have degraded, and, and he's aged gracefully because Golden State is a perfect role for him. He defends, he makes open shots, he isn't asked to carry a huge offensive load. Some of the teams that are pursuing him would probably ask him to carry a bigger offensive load. The Brooklyn Nets, Philadelphia 76ers, and Orlando Magic among them. Now, if he goes to a team like Minnesota, San Antonio, the Clippers, or the Jazz, those teams can fit him into a scheme much better. And it does sound like the Jazz are going to turn their attention to Iguodala if they can't keep Gordon Hayward. For the Magic, I I kind of threw out a half-baked idea maybe a week or two ago regarding free agency, and I said, you know, maybe it wouldn't be a bad idea for the Magic to throw some money at Andre Iguodala to kind of be a placeholder star. Think The thinking being... He can be a veteran leader in the locker room. He can he can kind of do. He could kind of do uh, what he's doing in Golden State for a young group, but the Magic would be willing to give him kind of kind of one last run to be an alpha. You know, it, it worked in Philadelphia, got them to the playoffs. He's obviously not the same player, but maybe you can kind of hold that boat steady while you're waiting for Aaron Gordon to come up, while you're waiting for Jonathan Isaac to come up. Maybe this idea was more baked in my head when when I thought the Magic were taking Dennis Smith. Because Dennis Smith could be kind of a secondary slash primary scorer as well. It's a half-baked idea. I'm not sure it actually plays out because when you look at Iguodala's stats, hey, they have degraded dramatically. 
Um, his usage rate has decreased uh, every year since joining the Warriors four years ago, as has his scoring average. His scoring average is, is I think, pretty much at a career low at this point. His three-point shooting isn't as good as you think it is. Um, 36.2% from beyond the arc. He's 33. It's it's definitely at that point where you're like, how much are you willing to give this guy? Are you really willing to expand his role if you're a team like the Magic? Sure, he helps the team defensively a lot. You put him in at the three, things start to make a little bit more sense with the roster, even if you keep Peyton and Fournier as your backcourt. But at the same time, how much is that? How much are those skills going to degrade? And more importantly, how much are you willing to pay him? Because frankly, I think the Magic are priced out of a player like Andre Godala. I do not think they will afford a player like Andre Godala. The going rumor around is that the Warriors are willing to pay eight to twelve million dollars to keep a Godala. The Magic have roughly seven, somewhere between seven and nine million dollars of cap room. So. If the, if the Magic are going to get involved, it's essentially saying the Golden State Warriors are out of the picture, which is absolutely not the case. I think the Warriors, their top priority this summer is to re-sign Andre Iguodala. Durant, Stan, he's not going anywhere. But I, I think that it, the Magic just won't be able to make a serious run without clearing some cap elsewhere, which, it do, which they haven't done to this point. Certainly, I like that Orlando is thinking about going in on a player like this. Because I, I like the idea of bringing in a veteran, someone with championship experience, someone whose voice will carry weight in a locker room. And, and if you heard stories about the Warriors, after what I think it was Zach Lowe of ESPN.com reported that after they lost Game 7 to the Cavaliers last year, Iguodala, who was typically very quiet throughout the year, was the one who spoke up and everyone in that room listened. At least everyone who was going to be back the next year listened. So his his voice, I think, does resonate and carry a lot of weight in a locker room. There's no reason not to trust this guy. He has sacrificed and bought in more than any player. So I think that that would be a benefit to this Magic team. I think the one thing this Magic team has really missed, and he could create his own shot and, and create his own mid-range jumper. I think the one thing this Magic team has really missed, especially since... They traded Aaron Aflalo and let Jameer Nelson go. Is that veteran voice? Is that guy who is a key contributor to the team that commands respect in the locker room? As bad as those teams were, and those teams weren't particularly good, they were made better by Aaron Aflalo and Jameer Nelson being in that locker room. I, I, I firmly believe that. And certainly toward the end of those seasons, maybe things changed a little bit, but those teams were made better by those two voices in that locker room. So I think the Magic should be kind of on the lookout for something like that. Unfortunately, I don't think Iguodala is the player, either from a basketball skills perspective or from a, you know, just just from a from an age perspective and certainly from a price perspective too. That's That's not how the Magic are going in free agency. But... The small forward position for the Magic does seem ripe for an upgrade or at least some exploration on this free agent market. Like I said on yesterday's podcast, the Magic do not have a lot of cap room, so they've got to be very smart with how they spend their money. And when you look at the small forward situation for the Magic right now, it's a little bit of a hodgepodge. They've got Terrence Ross right now as a starting small forward or Evan Fournier, whoever, whichever one of the two you like. Mario Azonia is there, and obviously you need to get him minutes. 
And then you have Jonathan Isaac. So there's an interesting group of small forwards. And Ross is going to spend some time at the two, and maybe he could spend some time at the two with his own, yeah. So it's an interesting, versatile group of small forwards and shooting guards filling these minutes. But I think when we all look at things, we all recognize that, that Fournier is probably more effective offensively as a small forward, but he struggles defensively against bigger threes. Where, where Fournier struggles is with that versatility element that the Magic want so badly. And you want Aaron Gordon to be able to play some 3-2, at least defensively. So it's a, it's, it's a weird mix, because Ross can play the three, but he's a little small to defend threes. Fournier can play the three on offense, but struggles with bigger threes. Hazonia is whatever Hazonia is supposed to be. And then you have Isaac, who's probably the biggest mystery and the guy you need to get minutes the most. So really what I think you're looking for if you're the magic at this position is a guy who can play the three or the four. You know, I, I've kind of joked that the Magic needed Tobias Harris. Maybe that's Jonathan Isaac in the long run. But the Magic could probably use some more wing help. Um, you know, I'll talk about this in a bit, but Alfred Payton certainly thinks so as well. Maybe Isaac can do that. Or maybe the Magic need to kind of think very differently about this position. Barry Hazoni on the bench. It's very possible that happens. And move Ross to the backup two, to the backup shooting guard position. There are some small forward options that are intriguing. Um, our Ryan Doyle on OrlandoMagicDaily.com has this list up on Orlando Magic Daily right now. Danilo Gallinari of the Denver Nuggets has been a player that's been talked about a little bit. He doesn't provide much for defense. But the one thing I do like about Gallinari and why I do think that he fits what the Magic want to do is you can play him at the four on defense. He can guard fours. So you can have Aaron Gordon on the best perimeter defender, but he'll play the three on offense. And not only that, he is a good scorer. 18.2 points per game last year, 38.9% from beyond the arc, 53.1% effective field goal percentage. The guy can shoot and the guy can score, and that is something the Magic need desperately. I can't tell you how many tweets I've gotten since draft night saying, okay, where are the Magic going to get points? That is a fair and legitimate question. The Magic have not resolved many of their offensive issues. And while Gallinari does have defensive shortcomings, there's no doubt about it, he would be the kind of medium-range player, medium-range, you know, upper-medium-range player, perhaps, that the Magic could grab and might be able to grab relatively cheap. I don't think he comes in at the Magic's cap number. I don't think the Magic would be able to get him with the amount of salary cap they have. But if they can free up a little bit of room, maybe, maybe Gallinari is a two-year solution while Isaac, while you're grooming Isaac behind him. Maybe, if you get him on that kind of short-term deal while Isaac's developing, maybe that's the direction the Magic could go. Obviously, not ideal, not 100% great, um, but a, a player that maybe you take a little bit of a chance on or maybe you are willing to go after. Gallinari misses games with injury anyway, so you'll see Isaac, you'll see Hizonia, and then you can start shuffling the deck from there. It's, at this point with a lot of these guys, it's about money. It's about how much are these guys going to command in the market. The next guy, we've I've talked about him on several occasions. He is not the answer for anything, but he scores. That's what the Magic need. Maybe that's the direction they go. Rudy Gay, 
it, it, it feels signing Rudy Gay feels very much like signing Jeff Green. Rudy Gay is a little bit more is a lot more productive than Jeff Green. Eighteen point seven points per game. Actually, he's turned into a decent three point shooter. Thirty seven point two percent. Become a little bit more efficient. Doesn't move the ball. Is a bit of a ball stopper. You know, he's he fit in well with that Sacramento team. I think he gets a. He's unlike Jeff Green, who who probably kind of deserved the bad reputation he's gotten on the internet. I don't think Rudy Gay deserves as much of the bad reputation that he gets. Now, he's coming off a ruptured Achilles, so he may not be ready for the start of the season. I think that is a major detraction for the Magic. That's that's a reason why I don't think you sign him, but that might also be a reason why he comes cheap. He can play a little bit of four on defense, I think. Not a bad defender anyway, although we don't know what he's like after the injury. So maybe, maybe you keep your hands off that one when you're looking at veterans. A player the Magic have been rumored to be, be connected to is Otto Porter. Uh, breakout season for him last year. He was actually my pick for Most Improved Player of the Year. I, I I give Most Improved Player of the Year awards to guys who are not contributors to becoming contributors. I don't like giving it to guys who are good players becoming great players when they're clearly going to be great players. So I, I, I was not a Giannis voter there. Um, I, I, it's just a ph- philosophical thing for me. I, I, I like what the developments Otto Porter made last year. It does appear that the Wizards are going to match any offer, so I, I think we can skip over much talk about him. And then you get into like some some role players, some bench players. Guy like Joe Ingles, 44.1% three-point shooter, essentially just a three-point shooter and a decent defender for the Utah Jazz. With Utah focusing on other areas to improve, they're looking at point guards, they're looking at small forwards if they lose Gordon Hayward. Ingles might escape Utah, and he would be an interesting addition to the Magic. He doesn't have, like, tremendous length, but he's a smart defender, great shooter, tough player. You bring him off the bench, play the three, things are good. You know, you're burying Mario Azzoni a little bit, but things are good. Another guy to look out for might be C.J. Miles, 10.7 points per game, 41.3% from beyond the arc, very good defender for the Indiana Pacers off the bench. Again, another bench guy, bring him off the bench, keep him in a very confined role, he can succeed there as well. With doing this, though, you're kind of burying Mario Azonia. That's 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 kind of the reason why I don't think the Magic go the small forward route this time around. I don't think that's the direction they head this time around with their with their small forwards, unless they get a guy that that can become a starter and shift Fournier and Ross permanently to the two. Um, it it it, it buries Hazonia, and I think the Magic are going to be willing to give Hazonia a, a serious look. They need a third guy there in case Hazonia doesn't work out, don't get me wrong. And that might be where a guy like Ingles comes in who can be hot or cold, where a guy like Miles comes in who can be hot or cold. That that might be the direction you go. But I don't think small forward is going to be a real serious need because, again, you got to have room for Isaac and you got to have room for Hazonia. So you need some versatile players you can play maybe four, maybe two as well. If they're going to get minutes, it's just—it's probably just not in the cards unless the Magic makes some moves to move guys around that that we don't see quite yet. So at the end of the day, with the small forward position, I think the Magic sit tight. I don't think the Magic do very much at the small forward position this year. The Iguodala rumor sounds really, really nice. It does sound um, like a big deal. It does sound like uh, the Magic are being aggressive and going after something. But I don't think that's ultimately the direction the Magic are going to head. I think they're going to go looking at different position groups as well. They need a third point guard, like I said earlier. Maybe they'd fill that through Summer League. They, they probably need a wing somewhere. 
maybe they grab one of these one of the guys from this from this group. More likely, they'll probably lean toward adding a shooting guard. I think or a smaller two three type player. Although they got a one do now, I, I think it's really hard to get a sense of what the Magic are going to do in free agency because they have so few funds. Um, if they're going to make a big splash, a guy like Gallinari might be what they try to do. But again, don't have a lot of money to spend. They got to free up some cash to do so. And so, uh, like I've said throughout this whole free agency discussion, I think what the Magic end up doing is trying to work the trade market to find the targets that they really, really want. Um, that's that's what I think they end up doing, just trying to clear cap that way or, or take on salary that way to kind of shuffle the deck a little bit. Like I said, they need to shuffle the deck a little bit, but they don't have starter money to throw around. So that's that's the reality. But while I've said they need to shuffle the deck, and I think most Magic fans would agree they need to shuffle the deck, there are definitely people within the Magic organization who don't feel that way, who feel like they had something toward the end of the season. And I've talked a lot on here as well as on the site about the um, red herring almost of the way the Magic ended the season. Because on one hand, their offense was really good. One uh, Starting lineup with Nikola Vucevic had a 110 offensive rating. Starting lineup with Bismack Biombo was actually better with a 112 defense, offensive rating. And while the team was 8-16, and 16, which is not a good record, there were definitely positive signs. It wasn't just about Alfred Payton's triple-doubles. The Magic looked like a better team. And, you know, when you talk to Frank Vogel at the end of the season, he said, you know, we've shown some good things toward the end of the season, things that I think we can build on. Give him a summer to plan defensively for the roster that they want to build, give him a training camp to teach defense, which they didn't have after the All-Star break, and maybe those really bad defensive numbers improve. And maybe you maintain that offense and become a decent team. When you look at that magic starting lineup of Alfred Payton, Evan Fournier, Terrence Ross, Aaron Gordon, and Nikola Vucevic, and even when you look at that lineup with Bismack Biombo instead of Vucevic, they had a positive 1.2 net rating. Extrapolate that over the course of the season, that that's roughly 500 basketball. Obviously, you want your starting line maybe to be a little bit better, and the Magic's bench was a real problem. But there, there might be an argument to run it back a little bit. There might be, and I emphasize might, be an argument that says, try this again. Take a look at this. Give it a serious look. I'm not in that boat. I will fully admit that. I'm in the boat of there are still very serious flaws and you need to be exploring ways to amend those flaws and just running it back while the team is better just from a continuity perspective and I think Isaac and a one do make it better. I don't think it's enough. I think there are still some fatal flaws on the team, and and the team should be looking for ways to to not mix things up for the sake of mixing things up, but looking for ways to make the team better. So, I get what this train of thought is saying, but I don't necessarily agree with it. But again, there are plenty of people who do, and one of them does happen to be 
one of the guys that seems to be most in the crosshairs, and that's Alfred Payton. Alfred Payton joined the Hoopside podcast with Alex Kennedy. Well worth your listen. Alex gets some fantastic interviews. He joined him last week before the NBA draft and said that he hopes that the team brings a lot of the players back. He said, quote, It has been super frustrating missing the playoffs. It's been tough to cope with. Obviously, when you think everybody puts in a lot of hard work, I know how much hard work I put in. To come up short is frustrating. I think we just continue to build on the chemistry. Maybe add another piece, another wing to strengthen our bench. That was what hurt us a lot that last month and a half of the season was our bench. I think we have a pretty good core in that starting lineup. We just have to get one more piece, I believe. Payton went on to say that he's working to improve his jumper, his ability to close it, finish at the rim. He's really working on all aspects of his game. And the Magic did, in some respects, add those wing players that Payton talked about in a one-do and Isaac. Just no one knows how good they can be. And certainly, I think everyone agrees the Magic need to improve their bench. Their bench was a huge issue last year. There just wasn't a lot of depth. When the starters came out, things went south very quickly, and the starters were inconsistent. They didn't have it every night, although statistics certainly show the Magic were better, more often better than not with that starting group. There are fatal flaws in this Magic team still. They need shooting. They need depth. They, they need a lot. They need consistency more than anything else. But it's still very tough to see them bringing the whole crew back without at least one major shift. You don't have a failure of a 29-win season. And let's be real, last season was a failure for this organization. You don't have a failure like that and not make some change in the offseason. Especially just to placate fans who demand some blood. They changed the general manager, obviously. And I think John Hammond's been on record saying it's going to be a little bit of a wait-and-see approach with this team. Like, they're, they're not going to try and force anything. They're going to still gather information. If they have to gather information into the season, so be it. But it's it's while they're, they're, you want to believe that the team can continue to grow if they keep everyone together and keep up with continuity, and, and that certainly played a role. I mean, Alfred Payton's had four different coaches in three seasons in the NBA. Evan Fournier has had a different coach every year in his NBA career. That stuff matters. Coaching in the NBA matters a lot. But it's tough to see the team coming back completely intact without making some changes, as as much as it may pain Alfred Payton, and and as much as Alfred Payton might be involved in that. I guess, though, there is a little bit of hope that things were better toward the end of the season and that they can get fixed just by continuity and just by a training camp. I'm not sold on it. But Peyton clearly is, and I think there are definitely a few people probably within the Magic organization that still might be as well. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked on Magic. I invite you to follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic, as well as follow the podcast on Facebook at Locked on Magic. And of course, subscribe to Locked on Magic on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, and tune in all the fun places you download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can follow me on Twitter at OmagicDaily, and for the latest on the Orlando Magic, check us out at orlandomagicdaily.com, as well as on Facebook at Orlando Magic Daily. 
I'll be back tomorrow with another episode of Locked on Magic. We'll do more free agency preview, talk a little bit more about what's to come in Summer League. I'll have my big Summer League preview on Friday uh, as the Magic. Uh, Magic Basketball will be back very, very soon. We'll get ready for free agents for our final bits of free agency here this week as things are going to pick up very, very quickly in the Magic Kingdom. For Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. I will see you all again tomorrow on another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando Magic podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.